Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. First, we start with baseball. Uh, Longhorn baseball team uh, did bounce back with a win over Air Force yesterday, 7-1. It was a really uh, neat thing, and we've had several people already weigh in on the Specs text line about this, and uh, that included, uh, I think, CB had mentioned as well, and a, a couple of other folks said, hey, I hope that uh, that uh, the Air Force Academy will come back. They are coming back. There's a double midweek next year like yeah. there was last year. So and I know um, many folks were were really pleased uh, to see that that happen. They said, CB said, Texas needs to make the game with Air Force a yearly game because it's awesome every time they play. They come in, and, of course, the way they stand at attention and salute for the national anthem, uh, the Texas fans uh, again chanted USA, USA afterwards. Um, that was that was pretty cool uh, yesterday as well. Longhorns did win the game 7-1. They got three home runs. Uh, Peyton Powell hit a two-run shot. Dylan Campbell a two-run shot. And uh, Ryland Galvan had a, a solo homer in the game a, as well. And, and they got a, a variety of decent pitching as well. Uh, it was a designated start uh, for Ace Whitehead, or as they know him, Boogie. Boogie. And... Um, he uh, he went four innings, and so we got the win in the designated start. Uh, but they had they had a couple other guys, including Kobe Minchie, make his Longhorn debut. Thought about you because he does list Gerald as his hometown, even though he was homeschooled. Yeah. Um, uh, so, and he was a move in uh, later, but um, uh, he pitched a one two three inning on seven pitches, and that was his Longhorn and collegiate debut for the freshman. Nice and tidy. Yeah. And um, and so they they've got it's good to see DJ Burke get back out there. He hadn't been out there a couple of weeks, and uh, he pitched well. Uh, also, Chris Stewart continues to kind of rebound from when he had uh, some struggles uh, back a couple of weeks ago, but he pitched well Saturday and still watered and pitched well again. So all of that uh, was a part of <laughs> a part of the partial. Post game interview, and this is going to get to the texter's question earlier about something we get to uh, with Longhorns head coach David Pierce and our Ty Harrington uh, with the conversation. Coach, as always, first congratulations on a win. How about this, the respect from this crowd tonight to stand there and chant USA for our Air Force Academy who came in here? I mean, that, that's unbelievable respect yeah it's very touching i mean we got a taste of it in the regionals last year and you know they're a special group and you know they're they're close to our heart you know they 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 do some things that none of us even will have to consider and it's just a lot of respect from our fan base from our team uh to the air force academy and just really proud of our fan base to begin with just when you look at a four o'clock start on a tuesday and we had a great crowd great day for baseball and a great day for for the longhorns as well take us through the pitching you got a lot of guys out there ace whitehead gave you four and you got a lot of guys got in there tell me a little bit about moving from today moving forward with the staff yeah i mean we still have some pieces that we're looking at and chris stewart is one of those pieces that we got to get him in the zone and and pitching 
a kid's down and away is kind of the elevated fastball up. And, you know, he has to hone that in. But I like what we saw there. Heston Toll is Heston Toll. He's going to give you nothing but strikes with the slider and mixing the fastball. And then um, it was great to get Kobe Mincy in there. He's been working his tail off. And, you know, we don't put guys in there just to give them a chance. Uh, they earn that opportunity. And Kobe's been working hard. And then uh, Berkey hadn't pitched in a couple of weeks. So good for those guys to come in and pound the zone. I don't think we gave up a hit after the third inning. And and, and then the interview had continued on for a couple more questions, uh, but you couldn't hear it at that point. Uh, there, there's a couple of reasons for this, and then it gets to uh, the texter's question uh, saying, I listened to your baseball broadcast yesterday, first through the Texas Sports Audio, later in the car on 1260. In both cases, the audio was very spotty. Uh, I can understand most of your words, and both you and Ty would often sound like you're in a well. When you were talking about the designated pitcher term, talking about designated start, I cannot understand Ty at all. Sound like he was using your mic. I knew you'd want to know. Believe me, I know. Okay? <laughs> I know. Uh, there were there were a confluence of two things that happened yesterday on the broadcast, and it's unfortunate, uh, but I can give you some comfort. I can certainly take some comfort in knowing that the efforts are being made to make sure that those are remedied. One is an equipment issue uh, with uh, a lot of the equipment that we've used for a long time with baseball in the booth. It's not used for any other sport. It's only used there for home games at UFC or Dishfall Field. But it went through – it was almost like the, the, the audio board we were having yesterday was having a stroke because Jeez. three audio pots at various times completely went out stopped working entirely and then uh there was another one that uh went in and out and so that was yeah trust me from my my end that can be pretty pretty frustrating but there's another issue and this is a larger issue and it speaks to the texter's question and this has nothing to do with our equipment <clears throat> when he said sound like you're talking in a well and some of the other stuff that max headroom sound for you old school to blah, you know that little vibrato that you hear um that warbling as we call that's an internet issue and it's not an internet issue with our equipment unfortunately they're having some of those issues uh at ufcu dishfalk field with the way the internet is wired at the ballpark that's that's the best way for me to explain it now Understand this, there have been many conversations since that stuff happened yesterday. And and there had been, for folks who listen pretty regularly, you could probably hear a little bit of it here and there, here and there. And I was told it got better uh, after like the third inning or something, and then it kind of smoothed out. And here's how I know. Like some of the highlight calls, the one on the Peyton Powell home run was just warbled all to heck. And uh, similarly with Dylan Campbell, but the one for Ryland Galvan was pretty clean. And uh, a couple of really good defensive plays, it's pretty clean. So it did kind of, some of it kind of smooths out uh, for whatever reason. So anyway, rest assured, university is working on some of those. And then tomorrow, uh, I'll be ducking out a little bit early to get over to the ballpark early. The aforementioned Patrick Davis, who sounds like Don Miller, but is not. <laughs> Patrick handles a lot of our equipment things, uh, the repairs and the adjustments, and and uh, he and I will be engaged in um, remedying the situation through a variety of means tomorrow with our technical equipment. 
So, yes, well aware of it. And and uh, if, if you think you were frustrated as a listener, try it from my side because it was it was difficult. But uh, help is on the way. So hopefully we'll we'll uh, yeah do that. So, so somebody named Ace has a nickname. Yeah, he does. Yeah, his teammates call him Boogie. Yeah, that starts starts with that. Uh, okay, uh, are we doing some football? Yeah, let's do yeah. some football. Yeah, uh, we'll make time for it. Uh, get over to Horns twenty four seven. My colleague Chip Brown, his morning column is on the running back battle. Uh, just kind of how that thing has unfolded this spring. Uh, a lot of you know, we've heard a lot of really good things on Jaden Blue. CJ Baxter's getting his feet wet. You know, all this while. Obviously, you're moving on from the Bijan Roshan era, and Jonathan Brooks has been dealing with the the recovery from that hernia surgery he had after the bowl game. Uh, Sark even talked up Savion Red. We'll hear from Sark in just a second, but it's interesting. Uh, you know, you you got a lot of guys that do that have different skill sets, unique skill sets, but all came to Texas as pretty highly touted players. So, how is that thing going to shake out? And when you start to determine your personnel groupings, which is something I asked Sark about yesterday, uh, you know, how many of these running backs are going to factor into it? How are you going to use them? So, uh, this is Sark just talking about kind of a, a 30,000 foot view of the running back battle. I thought Jaden Blue had a, had a nice scrimmage, made some plays, especially kind of on the perimeter. He's a very explosive athlete. Um, I thought Savion Red, from a, from a position change standpoint, um, shows physicality that uh, is really encouraging. You know, Savion has obviously played receiver a year ago, and we know he's gifted as a receiver. But to really start running between the tackles, which is kind of what he did in high school, is kind of a wildcat quarterback. Um, that, that's been encouraging. And I thought for said Baxter was good for him. You know, his first couple plays were not plays that he's going to always, you know, say those were my best plays at Texas. He kind of struggled early on, but then settled in and, and made some plays as, as the scrimmage went on. So Friday, when we get back out there again in the same similar format, is going to be big for him to take that step of, okay, now I'm comfortable with what we're doing and, and then start to see more of him of what he's capable of doing. This is one of those interesting running back years, Craig, and we've seen plenty of these at Texas. This is what this reminds me of. You, you've got kind of this group of, of veterans where you think you know what you've got, but you're not 100% sure, and you've got some really talented younger guys that are kind of waiting their turn. And, you know, we talked about the opportunities that Baxter and, and uh, Savion Red and Jaden Blue have gotten with Keelan Robinson being limited this spring and with Brooks being out. But I think about, like, 2001 is a really good example of one of those years. Like, you had Victor Ike and Ivan Williams and right. Brett Robin, like those guys had their roles. Then you had the youngster coming in from Midland Lee. So it, 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 how, how quickly was he going to be able to get up to speed? Uh, 2020 was a lot of that, especially for Bijan because, because of COVID, he didn't have the normal transition to college football that a lot of freshmen get to go through. Uh, so you And, you know, it's, it's weird. You look at that 2020 running back room, Craig, you have three guys that end up playing in the National Football League with Keontae Ingram, Roshan, and Bijan. And again, two veterans that you pretty much knew what you had. But then, how are you going to get? The, how are you going to get Bijan involved? How many carries is he going to get? At what point is he going to be up and running? Uh, do, you, do you force feeding him the ball? Whatever. I think you've got some of that right now because I think you you got an idea of what you got from Jonathan Brooks. I think you know what you've got with Keelan Robinson, but. And you really don't know what you got with Savion Red or, or CJ right. Baxter or even Jaden Blue because he didn't play a whole lot last year. So it's a really interesting mix. I, I think that's a position battle 
We'll see where it stands during the spring game. That's one that's going to you, – you'll be hearing about this during fall camp. Sure. Those camp scrimmages, how it's going. I want to get to this cut real quick mm-hmm. on, the, on the tight ends. Uh, that's a position that I'm just fascinated by because of the drop-off after JT Sanders. And what are you going to get out of Gunnar Helm? What are you going to get out of Juan Davis? Texas was a, a heavy 12 personnel offense in 2022. I think they'll probably be more 11 personnel, but – you know, Sark has talked about it ad nauseum. The most important position in his offense, other than quarterback, is tight end. So what he's fond of saying, and uh, he's a little bit higher on the uh, the rest of that tight end group than, than maybe I and, and some others are. Yeah, I, I, Gunner. I think Gunner again going into year three played a pretty substantial amount last year for us in combination with JT. Um, I think Juan um, the first you know. Kind of three weeks of spring has played his best football, has shown the best version of Juan Davis that we've seen. So, um, again, we have the addition of Spencer Shannon coming in the fall. Um, so, again, you know, as, as you work through it, you just want to be versatile enough. If, if, if you have to play with two tight ends, we can do it. If we're going to play with one, we can do that. If we can play with, if we have to play with none, we can do that. And so that's constantly what we're working towards so that everybody's comfortable in their role uh, in the organization. I didn't realize until looking at it, the pro football focus numbers, Craig, because Gunnar Helm played 260 snaps last year. Yeah. What? And and by comparison, Casey Kane, a guy that you like probably assumed you saw more, mm-hmm. Casey Kane played 245. Yeah. So, again, that Texas was a heavy 12 personnel offense. I started to say, did a lot of two tight ends, and, and yeah. there were times when he was out there for one reason, one reason only, and that was to block. Yeah, and, and 12 personnel really benefited Texas last year because with that two tight end look, with the talent you had at running back, it would force defenses to get out of that too high safety look where you could get more of your shots down the field. Now when you don't quite have the proven not quite you don't have the proven commodities at running back that you had last year, and you kind of know what your tight end group is, do you maybe just to space some things out, maybe go space and pace on some defenses a little bit more, maybe put that third receiver on the field? And what it comes down to, Craig, is I think for Sark, it's a simple question of, okay, what makes your offense more effective? Is it having Gunnar Helm out there, or is it A.D. Mitchell or Isaiah Nay or, who, or whoever that third receiver would be? Because remember, he talked, it all ties in together. Like, we talked all last year, never found the third receiver, right? That's why you went to a lot of 12 personnel mm-hmm. or that 6-0 line package. Could be the opposite this year, where you see more one tight end looks with the talent you've got a receiver, maybe some more true three receiver sets. All right, so there you go. Uh, before we get the break, just a couple of uh, a couple of responses there. Uh, this, this is what happens sometimes when you try to be upfront and tell people that then 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 you wind up getting uh, responses like this about talking about the. Uh, issues that happened technically yesterday. Craig, we're supposed to be an elite college program and we got internet issues at the dish and DKR's announcer during games sounds like I'm hearing a Whataburger drive through order repeated. Don't we got money to have elite equipment? That's the kind of entitled bullcrap response that some fans have, okay? Just because it, 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 the, the use of the word elite, it doesn't mean you don't have issues Technical things happen. For for example, the other uh, question, somebody, it's time to invest in dish fault. Football gets all the money. Basketball has the mood. It's time for an annual uh, Omaha sport to be recognized. Mike, uh, on the text line, Mike, they have invested in dish fault. Have you not seen the, uh, the new uh, player development area down there? It's incredible. Dish Falk is still, I would say, the second best ballpark in the Big 12 Conference. Somebody somebody brought this up on the flagship message board at Horns 24 7 the other day, Craig. They said, you know, we, we really need to invest in the dish. Our facilities have fallen behind. I'm like, no, they haven't. Was, was I 
You ever been out to, to Dan Lawfield in Lubbock? Did I imagine that they just built that? You know, facility. Oh, it's just like somebody said a couple weeks ago on the text line. Said, "Oh, we need a new top-notch pitching lab." I'm like, they, they have one. They have made one of the <laughs> best in the country. It doesn't mean just because somebody, Mike, you mentioned Moody. They had issues at Moody this year. They had issues at Moody. DKR, as as Stoner pointed out, uh, some of the press conferences. There was that internet warble thing. It has just happened over the past. Four or five weeks where it was intermittent. Yesterday was the most acute example of it. And people are working on it. Top men, as they say in uh, the Indiana Jones movie. I mean, so just yeah. relax. It's various arenas and stadiums. It's this deal about we're supposed country. to be elite. Why isn't this ready? Why isn't this working? Just chill, okay? It happens. <laughs> Y'all got Craig half hot. No, Lord. no. It's just it's it's funny. It's just like in uh, Breakfast Club. It's an imperfect world. Screws fall out. <laughs> Things happen. But I mean, there, there's been arenas uh, and stadiums where I've had issues. I had internet issues at uh, T-Mobile Center two weeks ago. Yeah, and that's as good of a basketball venue in the country as you'll find. Yeah, when you have a big facility that holds lots of people, electronics and connectivity issues happen. It doesn't mean the the whole thing is going to hell in a handbasket or that it's <laughs> falling apart. Just Relax. We'll get it all together. And they will get it all together over there at UT as well. The the equipment thing, we're definitely uh, proactively going over there tomorrow to uh, remedy the situation for our end to make sure that that doesn't happen. So that's that's the deal. Try to be up front with you, tell you what's going on. Then you get that, we're elite! You know, stop it.